Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm still Freddie Woff. Oh, fucking March Madness, dude. March, March Madness. Madness. March Madness means March Madness for college basketball fans. But for us, it means the madness of letting Tubi decide what we watch. Letting the bots pick artificial intelligence at its best. We're starting off. I have the Tiger from 1986. Gary Busey, Yafit Koto, Seymour Cassell. By the way, Seymour Cassell, dude, I've never liked him in anything. I don't know what it is about that dude. Well, he's dead now, so you well, don't worry about it. I know, but I got reminded about it when Sergio and I went and saw Killing of a Chinese Bookie. Yeah, dude. And I'm like, oh my God, he's in this. I forgot all about it. Yeah. And he's still wearing a wig. And the heavy in this is by Mr. William Smith. Yeah, man, from Rumblefish. Rumblefish. Or isn't he the guy that beat up Philo Beto in the, the second Every Which Way But Loose movie? Isn't, doesn't, isn't that the guy? William, he fights Oh, yeah, for yeah. Like 15 city blocks through, like, he starts to fight in Santa Clarita. They crash through. They fight all the way to La Cunata. Yeah. I, and I think William Smith was in a bunch of Clint's movies in that window of time, I dude, think. William Smith is in a ton of stuff, especially, uh, do you remember the, dude, what he's most famous for? For me, I always remember him from Rumblefish. He's the guy trying to kill the, he kills a motorcycle boy. But, the Planet of the Apes TV series. Ooh. Yeah. He's one of the two uh, humans. God, what is the other guy? Always forget the other guy's name. It's not James Franciscus. James Franciscus was in the uh, second film replacing. Uh, he was like a min miniature Charlton Heston. When I started paying attention to TV and movies, that guy was on everything. Oh, yeah. But he did a lot of TV, but most of his stuff went straight to video. Oh, Ron Harper. Ron Harper. Ron Harper. There's lots of reunions going on here as far as the director, you know, and re having a reunion with Busey because they, they did a movie in 84, right? This is back when Busey was like, I'm on a roll. I'm going to keep making biopics. Right. Um, but Bulletproof, they did a year later, same year that Lethal Weapon came out, right? It, he did this Bulletproof thing. But in 86, this is where we're at. Eye of the Tiger. This movie, I don't know, I don't know how to... <laughs> I don't even know what to say about this movie. Okay, when, this is the only movie that we are actively choosing. Right. <laughs> we chose this. And you mentioned it as a great starting point, and it really was because we've talked on the show about how there's two kinds of movies. Ones that are, as far as ones that aren't good. Ones that are so bad, there's a lot to talk about. And ones that are so this one fits in the other one. I don't know how to categorize it. It There's just not a lot going on. It's boring. No, man. It's so fucking boring that like you could get up and you could leave for a half hour. You can come back and nothing's happened. And you don't, and and you don't care. You don't, you don't, you don't care. You don't care. There are blockbusters and there are lackbusters. <laughs> this is definitely a lackluster. I mean, this is, I mean, dude, it's so bad. The best thing about this movie is the original box art. 
And not not the shitty box art that they're using on Tubi, which you're absolutely right. It looks like one of the ba- it looks like one of the last three Fast and the Furious yeah. cover arts. And they changed it because when we decided to do this movie two weeks ago, they've used the original cover art. Yeah. The original one sheet, which looks like, you know, it looks like a walking tall kind of thing. Yep. Right? Look at that terrible poster again. Who the fuck is the baddie in the background? Because <laughs> it's nobody in this movie. No, I don't know who that is. Sorry. <laughs> it, it looks like it looks like I was gonna look and take a closer look and see if it was one of the villains from one of the Fast and Furious. Movies. <laughs> it's not. Here's here's the quick synopsis, and it seemed like it's such a common. <laughs> log line for a lot of movies around this time. Returning home from prison, a Vietnam veteran sets out to clean up his hometown, which has now come under the control of a violent motorcycle gang. I feel like this is exactly the same. It's it's the same description for Rolling Thunder, for uh, there's a Jan Michael Vincent movie that has the same plot. Yeah. I mean, there's like a dozen movies that have that exact plot. Yep. yep. All better than this. Yes. They're all better than this. This is, we, we talked about that when Yafit Koto was in something else too. We're like, how, no, I think we were just doing, I think we did a quick little eulogy kind of episode when we were talking about his movies when he had passed a couple of years ago. This feels like, I don't know. It wasn't like Gary Busey was hurting for work. He was still in demand after Buddy Holly, Holly, Buddy Holly's story. He was, he kept doing movies. I mean, this is right after Silver Bullet, dude. Come on. Right. And here, I have to wonder, did Joel Silver see, did this come out? Did he see dailies for this? Because the fight that he has at the end of this movie yeah. is nothing like the fight you get in Lethal yeah. Weapon. <laughs> it is not. I mean, it's not even close. Also, I think if Joel Silver had seen this, he, he might wouldn't have hired him. He would. That's what I said to you. <laughs> Oh, well, let me ask you a question. Why are there so many crotch shots at the, okay. the opening of this movie? The, like, there's like six straight on dick shots in this movie. There, and it's like neither it's like one a of a montage of two guys getting dressed and they keep shooting their dicks. Right. Neither one of us could be described as homophobic or anything no. like that. It just it, made me laugh. It's just the first thing you see is this back and forth of these two different shots, waist shots. I mean, when I say waist shots, there's nothing yeah. else going on. No, and you're going in the frame, but belt buckle and yeah, bulge. I, I kind of get what they were going for. You know, here's this nice suit being put on and here's this guy putting on his, his jeans. jeans and his belt. I get that back and forth thing, but dude, once the guy with the nice jeans is done, he grabs a handful. He grabs all of his man. Oh yeah, dude. I, <laughs> and just gives it a shake. And I'm like, can you imagine this theater on a 70-foot screen? I'm like, I would have been looking around. What am I watching? You know what? I'm going to say this movie never played on a 70-foot screen. Okay. I feel like this was 40, 30, 30. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it should have been. But- I mean, I think maybe... Uh, I I never saw it in a theater. I, I This was... I, I Like I told you, I think... Now that I think about after watching it, either it was so boring and bad, I just kind of like forgot about it completely... Except for every once in a while, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember this part. So maybe I never saw it. Maybe I saw it and just fucking straight out forgot it. Or maybe it was one of those movies we would put on at the video store to see if people would rent it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there's a couple of things I want to point out. So the movie's produced by the Scotty Brothers. And do you you see the name of the? You you hear the title right away. You're like, I have the tiger. Guess what? The, The Scotty Brothers owns the song. 
And so the Scotty Brothers records are the ones that put out Survivor's album um, when, when Rocky Three came out. You hear the song at the beginning and at the end. And we talked about it before we even one of us had watched it, that we knew that that was the case. But it's what we didn't know is it's throughout the movie. <laughs> and you know what else they put in throughout the movie since I'm already talking about Rocky? Let's go and move on to Rocky Four because Scotty Brothers Records put out the Rocky Four soundtrack as well. And of course, a new Survivor song came from that. But else, guess what else came from that? Two James Brown songs. And one yep. of those songs, Gravity, is the other song that gets played to sickening levels in this movie that have nothing to fucking do with the movie. Yeah. It's just a song that people would recognize because it came out two years before this, a year before this. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> my two favorite moments in the movie are one when Busey does his inspirational speech at like the... <laughs> or, <laughs> the, 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 the bing, or when they're having bingo a, no, the parlor. bingo parlor. <laughs> Everybody, come on down. And then when he's trying to lasso the motorcycle guy from the back of a moving truck. <sighs> I mean, look, it, this is it, this movie would be better on Mystery Science Theater movie. Oh, yeah. And oh, hope, man. And I think that's what we're going to get a lot of this month. Yeah. Th this movie is one of those movies that is so bad. I mean, it's got, and it's got everything in it you could ever want. And somehow it's still uninteresting, uninspiring, and boring. Yeah. Right? Yep. How do you put Yafit Koto and Busey in a car together and get this? Oh, speaking of that. So Yafit Koto is, he's a pilot too. He knows Art how to <laughs> When they go attack the guys at the end <laughs> or towards the end before the third act starts and he lands his plane. Okay. I want to know why did he get in the back of the, Yafit Koto gets in the back of the truck after he lands. He had plenty of time to get in, it, it took him longer to climb into the, into the bed of the truck than it would have been if he just got into the passenger side. Yeah, man. Um, and it's super weird. And the reason why I point that out is because when you see the movie, he, he's in, Busey is using the souped up truck, right? And he's got the souped up truck for, because Mr. I like to grab my shit at the beginning of the movie, Jamie, he, the two of them get out of jail at the same time, him and Busey. And that's who we're seeing with the nice outfit. And, and he keeps promising him at the very beginning, very beginning of the movie, Mike, here's my phone number, man. Hit me up if you need anything. I'm like, I couldn't tell if he was hitting on him or what after a way he was holding on to his stuff and to just get out of jail. Maybe he had a crush on him. I don't know. But he gives, Jamie gives him his phone number and it hits me up anytime you need something, anything. And he's, it's, it's clear he's a connected criminal. That's what they're kind of you know, pointing to. And when Busey's character, Buck, realizes that he's got no other choice, he needs more help, he hits up Jamie. And Jamie sends him up this souped-up, <laughs> full-size truck that's got a um, capability of shooting mortar rounds out of the back of the truck, which is what he uses plentifully when he attacks these motorcycle gang uh, towards the end of the second and the third act. The reason why I wanted to point all that stuff out is when Yafikoto gets in the back of this truck, there you start, he starts using the mortar rounds again. Now, if you've already seen the insert shot of the movie, when you're seeing them, seeing the mortar rounds come out of the truck, there wouldn't be room for him. No. To stay in the back the way that the back of the truck opens up. Anyway, I know I'm trying to, I, I, I made a mistake of trying to make sense of a movie. <laughs> Like this? Yeah, dude. I was going to say, what are, you, what are you even doing? You don't, you're just torturing yourself. It was bad enough to have to watch it. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, there's some funny things in here, like Burt Remsen shows up, and I was like, oh, fuck, that's hilarious. And I was like, why does he look so fucking familiar? And then I realized he's from Code of, he was in Code of Silence. Yes. Uh, which we did cover. A which while we back. did cover, and yeah. was the first recommendation after I got done watching this movie, which is, which is our setup for the month, is Tubi's algorithm is going to decide what we watch next. But we've already seen Code of Silence. I know. When I saw that, I'm like going, first of all, like going, hey, fuck you for putting that first up. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> this, what does that have to? It's good compared to this movie. Well, we if, didn't if think. You it, listen to our episode. We no, didn't, we didn't like it much. Well, I didn't say it was bad. I was just saying it didn't. It didn't hold up. Is what I'm getting at. But this movie was shit when it came out in '86. Oh yeah, this movie was bad. When I mean, this movie was never good. No, and it's weird because I, I always remembered it as like, oh, I want to see. Yeah, I love that movie. You know, oh, I the tiger, and I remember telling somebody about it like I don't know, fucking five or six years ago. Yeah, man. And then like I'm like, God damn it, did I actually say that was good? <laughs> I don't even remember this shit. I remember Gary Busey was in it. And I remember William Smith when he finally showed up. I'm like, oh, right, ball shaved head and everything. He looks like a fucking he. He looks scary as fuck. <laughs> But almost in a bad comic booky way. It's like, it's a really bad, bad 80s movie. It's, it's so bad. I mean, I'd like to say it's so bad it's good, but it's not. It's just so bad it's bad. Well, yeah. I, the way the, his character's name is Blade and the way they shave his head in the back. I don't know about you, do, but why am I, I was instantly thinking like, why don't you go ahead and rip off Vernon Wells from Road Warrior? Cause, right. Because that's exactly the vibe that I got from that. Yeah. The humongous. The <laughs> Lord God, humongous. Motorcycle gang in a small town. Mm. It's mm. all like off-road MX stuff, right? It's like, yeah. it, I don't know, it's not even, it's weird, dude. It's like, it doesn't. It, you know what this, it, this movie feels like? It feels like the, this, there's a scene in about six Chuck Norris movies where Chuck <laughs> bikes an entire biker gang. It feels like they just took that scene and made a movie about it. Remember when we covered Hooper? I hope he loved you, baby. Yes. <laughs> when we covered Hooper and we talked about how movies, some movies were being made just yeah. because we have a bunch of stunt teams and we got, you know, we got these guys on retainers and let's go ahead and shoot some B-roll. Sure. Dude, the third act is... Yes. When you see true romance and they're watching the dailies for going home in a body bag too, yeah, it's that's, what, that's what this <laughs> inning is. 100%, dude. It might even be It might even be this movie. <laughs> it might even well be. I, I hope it is. I hope Tony Scott literally had a good sense of humor and did that. I'm going to have to go back and watch that. I'm going to have to go back and watch True Romance now. <laughs> so, I think it could be this. The, 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 okay. First of all, Gary Busey's character, he sure is not distraught about his wife being dead because she gets murdered in this. Yeah, I mean, well, look, he did. They were just out of prison. He hardly knew her. <laughs> but, but also, <laughs> shit, the casual nature of this nurse that we see later on. He's the whole catalyst of why this biker gang is after Buck is because he stopped the biker gang from raping this nurse, and the nurse shows up later on because they do spend a great deal of time in the hospital in this movie. Um, because after Buck foils the plan of raping a woman, because I mean, like this is that kind of movie from back in the day. Fuck was, remember when new world pictures was making cop movies? That's what this feels like more than anything. And that kind of tone where rape and was always the catalyst for why somebody was out for asking outing for revenge. 
Dude, the eighties, like the eight, rape was a fucking like, they, dude. I can I can name out, I can rattle off three movies right now: Miss Forty Five, Sudden Impact, and Eye of the Tiger. Yep. I mean, and then and more, I and mean, many yeah. more. It was like because it was the the laziest, misogynistic way of doing shit. Yeah, lazy writing. The movie I started trying to reach were dudes, you know, frat boy or gun toting, you know, small town dudes, and that's what this movie is about. So to stop the raping of this woman. And so now all of a sudden, what do they do? They go and fucking attack him in his house. <laughs> and they end up killing the wife. I'm like, what What does this have to... It's it's like, there's no build up to it. It's just, there's just a jump from, oh, I stopped your ridiculous douchebag brother from committing a violent crime against this woman nurse. And now we're going to go ahead and bust up your house, put your daughter in a catatonic state in the hospital and kill your wife. Yes. <laughs> All of the above. But that's why I made the New World reference. Yeah, dude. No, totally. It, that's what it feels like. It, it's like, yeah. It's so insulting to an audience, even an audience that likes lowbrow action. It's really just. His boarbrow action. It's so bad. You know what's crazy, dude, is the guy that plays Jamie, Jorge Gill, was in Stick. Yeah. He was one of Charles Durning's like flunkies. Yeah. Because I kept looking at him and I'm like, why is that fucking guy looks so funny? Yeah. And of course, in this movie, he goes. He goes. I'm going straight to Miami. Come with me. <laughs> he's like, oh, right. wait. he's going to go to Miami and be in stick. But actually, that already yeah. happened because I was 85. He was, already, he was going yeah. back to Miami. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going back to Miami. I'm going to run from stick, man. I mentioned that the movie uh, spends a lot of time in a hospital, and once Buck realizes that he's not getting help from the sheriff, you know, because I was like on the take. I'd like to help you, but I'm not going to. Yeah. He decides, like, you know, I'm going to fuck some people up. And so he touts on and on in the movie about, Buck does, that, that he's a, you know, when I went to Vietnam, when he's giving his big speech to all the bingo parlor folks. <laughs> dude, yeah, by the way, there's one point in there I wanted to, I was waiting for somebody right in the middle of a speech to go, bingo! <laughs> dude, I was waiting for it too. I was like, somebody's going to yell bingo. That's so stupid. We, we don't see anything that he's done to live up to the whole I was in Vietnam thing that they keep like beating us over the head with. So he finally decides he goes out and gets a bunch of wire at night and he ties this line across these two stop signs. And we, sure. we, we know what he's doing, but what, how does he know these people are going to, these bikers are going to come? I don't know. It was just so there's, it's so random that the, that he does this anyway. Obviously, he pulls his wire across. Motorcycle dudes go around. One of them loses his head. Um, but one of them lays down his bike, and he gets up, and he takes off, and then they chase after him, and they catch him and bust up his larynx. But he ends up in jail, on, or, or uh, I should say he ends up in the hospital again. Like I said, lots of hospital time. And he's handcuffed to because now he's being arrested, which is weird because we already know that Cassells is on the take. So I don't know, understand why he was all handcuffed, but whatever. Yeah, the dude can't speak, but they keep him in there because he's all fucked up from, you know, being dragged by the truck. Yeah, there's a, there's so many things in this movie like that don't make any fuck. I mean, again, I'm not trying to make sense of it, but there are some things in this movie that I literally just have to shake my head and be like, "Fuck you." <laughs> that whole wire across the it, that literally comes out of like they're like, "Oh, what can we do?" To make him see, oh yeah, wait, we'll have him string up a yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. like what, right? 
You know when was the last time I saw a movie this uninteresting with fucking a motorcycle gang in it? And kind of this uninspired in the acting. It, it, in, and, I, and it's a movie that people, for some reason, people love it. But this movie kind of reminds me of another shitty movie called The Wraith with Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Like like some of the sequences seem like, you know, with the motorcycle gang, they, they seem very recycled. Like, And I think maybe this came before that. But I, I, I had moments when I was watching it and I was like, do I see this movie? Or am I thinking of another movie? And now I'm looking at the poster and I'm looking at the way the key art is with the, motor, with the way the motorcycle games are dropped on the poster. And now right. I'm like, oh, it's the Wraith. That's what it is. Yeah, it's... Uh, Set up to be Walking Tall or Rolling Thunder or anything else. Right. And it's just not. Rolling Thunder was, was the second movie that came up in my recommendations. My recommendations were, I mentioned Code of Silence. The second one was one I think we might end up doing. The third one was Rolling Thunder. And the last two were, you know, you're looking at them going, the last one I didn't even recognize. But of course, one of them was a second sequel. And, and if I say his name, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll spoil it if we end up doing it. Two of mine we've already done. One we've done, one we, you know, we, we probably won't, well, I don't want to cover it because it's, I, I mean, I love Rolling Thunder, but I don't want to do it right after this movie. Right. Well, that's what I was saying. That's why I crossed it out. Because when we talked about, we talked about Schrader that even if we didn't do that episode, we'd still be talking about it. Yes. So, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I did. I do. My number one is pretty good. I think you're going to want to do it. Okay. That's fair. I don't want to say what the other ones are because we no, could we could we could still get those recommended to us after this one. Correct. But the thing is, like when you look at, or I'll say what one of them is because we're not going to do it. One of them was Burt Reynolds Malone. Oh yeah, I see. I didn't get that. You see what I mean? It's weird, right? That's why. I'm, that's why we we. I'm glad we decided that we were going to say, all right, what's the whatever the first matchup is that we have. So that was that one, Code of Silence and Rolling Thunder. I got all three of the six options. So the three that I, other three that I got are pretty. I just sent you mine. Uh, number one might be great, dude. <laughs> oh, dude. Number one was one of the ones that was like my fourth or fifth one. Okay. Yeah. And the your first one was just before that, where your Mr. Majestic is. I want to say what... Okay, see, dude, they recommended Rolling Thunder, Code of Silence, and Mr. Majestic. I'm like, fuck you with all that, dude. All, the, all those movies are a thousand times better than Oh, this. yeah. Or the other movies in this list. Yeah. It, your first one right there? Yes, that we're doing that one because that one... But it makes it even funner because... It is the third movie in a series. Yeah, it's the thing we've never talked about the other two or seen the other two. I'm not exactly. That's what makes. I've not seen any of these. I'm aware that they exist, but I've never seen them. That's why I said if I say his name, it's going to ruin it. Even though yes. I, I, even though I know he has another series that he did, and he was also in a series we just talked about in the Kickstart. Did we? Oh yeah, that's right. He's in both of them. Is he in both? Yeah. Briefly. I don't remember him being the second one. I thought he was. Maybe not. Okay. Look at that. Look at the tease. <laughs> Figure it out. So when Mr. Uh, I Can't Speak is all fucking handcuffed in the bed, um, he gets another visit from Buck. And he gets another visit from Buck because now Blade has taken his kid. Now, I want to I say that Buck really doesn't, like I said earlier, he doesn't really give a shit 
about his wife being dead. Would you say that Buck doesn't give a fuck about sure. his wife being dead? <laughs> his demeanor when he goes in the bingo parlor too is the same thing as like going, I said, I should say town hall. I can just call it a bingo parlor. It's a town hall. Everybody is there to play bingo. That's not dead. Right. If you're not dead, come down to the bingo <laughs> or, parlor. Or, or one of the three people working at this giant hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's like, no matter the matter of time of day he goes, it's always the same three people working there. Yeah, the know. nurse had almost got raped, a doctor, and then the, the, the father. So he's there, right? Bert, Bert's always there. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Bert goes to church, man. I think Father Healy is just hanging out at the, the hospital all the time. I don't know. The other thing about this fucking, it, dude, this, it, it just looks so shoddy. Like when he goes into the, I mean, the, the police station looks like it, um, it's on the back lot out at Values A Ranch out in fucking Santa Clarita. Yeah. This police station, it looks like when you make a joke about a movie set, it, this is this is what you're making a joke. It looks worse than any of the like the jails that they visit on any episode of Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> when they're in Cassell's office, all it did was remind me of, the the stripper the office the strip club in Kill Bill Two that's all that's what reminded me of like right? it's just some fucking room and why why is he, why is he laying on that leather sofa with his <laughs> with his shirt, shirt unbuttoned look is he looking at porn I, I mean, go what is he do you listen to me Matthews I don't know what the hell's going on <laughs> but so again the the jumbled mess this thing is in it feels like a whole bunch uh, of moments strung together shoddily and these moments that seem like they come from other movies. So anyway, so Buck's daughter gets kidnapped and he doesn't know where they're at, which is, I don't get again, right? I don't understand why he just kind of doesn't know where the fuck they're at. Because don't they eventually follow them? Yeah. Him and Yafet Koto follow them. So I don't know where the, I don't, I don't understand why they're taking my daughter. Where are they? I'm like, you know where they're at, dude. We already fought, watched you follow them. Would you say that they're like the original Merton Riggs? <laughs> oh, God. Also, I can tell you what Mario's favorite thing in this movie is going to be. What's that? Seymour Cassell's bolo tie. <laughs> you mean when he's actually wearing it? When he's not like showing off his chest? No, well, he is wearing it, dude. He's sitting on the sofa in the station with that weird sort of mm, southwestern Hawaiian shirt. What is it? Why does this feel like this was shot up in Green Valley, up in up, <laughs> up in Antelope Valley? It's what it feels like, right? No, dude, hundred percent. It feels like it was like literally. I feel. I feel like it was all shot at Values Eight Ranch, right there by your house. <laughs> so stupid. Anyway, I'm 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 taking a long time to get there because it's just fucking. <sighs> Remember we talked about before about the whole the rape aspect of it and and just this misogynistic studio guys deciding that, oh, this is the catalyst for everything for these kinds of movies. And it wasn't just these movies. It, it was like even studio movies where that was the focal point. So Buck goes to the hospital to talk to Mr. I Can't Speak, which you've already established because he has a crushed larynx. He can't talk. Yeah, and, I'm kill you. yeah so he's, he goes, they took my kid. I need to know where they're at. I'm like, again, we already established, you know where they're at because we followed you. We followed the whole biker gang, so you know where they're at. And yeah, Fakoto, what does he say? They're out there out. They're out there beyond the desert doing whatever they want to do. I'm like, all right, well, you know where they're at. They're out there beyond the desert. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, some of the dialogue is the best. Oh, man. I mean, so, it's just like, I don't even think it was a script. I think they just were like, hey, look, so here's the scenario. Just say whatever you would say. <laughs> they're out there behind. They're out there on the desert doing it's, whatever they do. We got to get them. What's the, we didn't even say the guy's name, right? They say the guy's name. 
Which one? The one that's all handcuffed and bad in the bed. Oh, no. Um, we didn't say his name. Well, I don't think they say his name. No, they, you're right. They don't. And he's just kind of like all tied up there, right? And I mean, all handcuffed. And he goes in there and says, where's my daughter? They took my daughter. And he's waving a stick in his face. I'm like, is that a stick of dynamite? You don't. You don't. It's oh, not. Dude. Yeah, you can't no. tell what it is. And he's not answering him. And he knows that he's not going to be able to answer him. He knows that he can't speak. So he literally went in there so he could do what I'm about to tell you he does. Yeah. He grabs a jar of Vaseline. <laughs> this is the, this might be the only thing I remembered from the movie. And scoops out a baseball size of Vaseline on the end of this dynamite stick. And again, I'm not even realizing it's a dynamite stick until he lights it. But before he lights it, he shoves it into the dude's ass. <laughs> and the sound effect that they put in there. <laughs> oh, dude. And again, it wasn't until he lights it that I realized it's a dynamite stick. I didn't know what the fuck it was. No. It's not like somebody stepped into a bucket of mud. And he basically gets the guy to, you know, you got 25 seconds after he lights it. You have to write down where they're at. I'm like, you already know where they're at. It's literally, again, the the whole putting a rape thing in a movie. It's like you, they literally went out of their way. I go, wow, we got this moment that I, let's build a movie around it. Yeah, totally. No, that's it. It feels like I, it wasn't like, it wasn't just some three by five card someone had sticking on a wall. You know what? I've never put that in a movie before. Nope. Hey, you ever see a movie where someone gets a stick of dynamite shit up their ass? It's so dumb. Uh, nope. It's so dumb. So going to do it. he gets them to write down what it is. The fuse expires and it doesn't blow up. Why? Because, well, first of all, Busey's not going to kill everybody in the fucking I mean, in the place. It would have made the place better. It would have made the movie better. They don't have the budget to blow anything up in this well, movie. That's, that's really why they didn't do Unless it. it's out in the middle of the desert. Beyond the desert, Corey. Beyond the beyond, desert. Beyond the desert. <laughs> Anytime, anywhere, anything. 305-555-4718. And what happens when he comes out of the hospital room? There's Kassel waiting for him. That's it. You're under arrest. Go, what the fuck? He didn't do it. You weren't in the room. You don't know what he did. What are you arresting him for? Sodomy. But he wasn't in the room. Right. Well, yeah, of course. News travels fast in a small town like that. No. There's no secrets in a small town. And then he pulls a gun on him. I'll shoot you right here. And then Father Healy steps in front of him. You have to shoot me then too. I'll testify. I'm like, well, not if you're dead. Not if he shoots you. You won't. And then Gary Busey turns and runs for the door. I'm like, it is the dumbest fucking thing. And there's a there's something else about this movie that really makes it feel like it's just a bunch of scenes jumbled together. There's no sense of a timeline. I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, man. I don't know how much time has passed. I don't know. Did this happen in two days? I don't, I don't know how long he's been out of prison. It's so confusing. And I love how the whole fucking town doesn't care that these biker gangs took over while he was in jail. Because they're just happily at town hall playing bingo. Yeah. Well, you know what I, you know what was missing from this movie was a montage of him making weapons, you know? Right. To Eye of the Tiger. Okay. Or, so just, or just the guitar riff. But they, yeah, they go yeah. out of their, they go out of their way. And by the way, so the, so when they're having their big moment where where Yafit Koto's Devereaux shows up in his biplane, that's when they start playing the the James Brown song, and I'm like, this is so stupid. 
so stupid. Because at least the Eye of the Tiger song has some sense. Sure. To what's going on. And it's recognizable. And it probably, the people who did go see it in the theater probably went because of the song. But James Brown's gravity has nothing to do no. with this. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> I love the dude, the log line is the bath returning home from prison. Vietnam veteran sets out to clean up his hometown, which has become under the control of a violent motorcycle gang. Yeah. Are there any other kinds of motorcycle gangs in 80s movies other than violent ones? Violent ones? No. I mean, there's not, I mean, mate, well, no, the Black Widows, but that was, those were the 70s. Yeah. But they weren't violent. They were funny. They seemed kind of sweet. This feels like this movie could have been made in 79 and just happened to come out in the 80s. It wants to be, it literally really wants to be gritty and like have some sort of social relevance, like Rolling Thunder, but it, it just doesn't because no, there's, there's no script. No. And, and Buck's demeanor, Gary Busey's character, Buck Matthews. Buck Matthews. Buck Matthews. He, wasn't he the Braves third baseman like in the <laughs> early 80s? Sure. Buck Matthews. But he, for a guy that's out for revenge for murdering his wife and then what he did, what happened to his daughter, he's sure very kind of, eh, eh, do I really love them? <laughs> kind of attitude. He's like, eh, I'm only doing this because I, I just got out of prison. I need something to do. Right. It doesn't feel like there's any real emotion behind why he's doing what he's doing. When you fast forward to a year from now, I mean, I'm only making the comparison because for obvious reasons, but you got a night and day difference. You got a great Shane Black script and you got Richard Donner directing your first lethal weapon. But there's there's emotion there. There's real reason why Murtaugh is the way he is. They completely violated his household. And, and they kidnapped his daughter. It's not any different than any of the movie we've seen before. It's just the way it's done. This movie, like you're noting, we've seen this movie before and it's been done in several instances, been way better than this and, and executed far better. And like you mentioned, how Walking Tall, The Rolling Thunder, these movies have already been made before. Yeah, man. And they should at least be watchable and coherent there's nothing coherent about this movie no i mean i feel like this is like you know if you want to see the i mean i'm not even going to say it because i the movie i was going to mention is a thousand times better than this even though it's not it, it, i mean it doesn't have the sort of weight that rolling thunder has but i mean dude even like lone wolf mcquade is yeah fucking kicks the shit out of this movie yeah literally <laughs> i mean literally would kick the shit out of this movie yeah i don't know man this this movie is just not good. Was Richard Serafian? What else did Richard Serafian direct? Well, Richard I mentioned already. I mentioned Bulletproof. Right. Yeah. Okay. Street Justice. Well, now here's the thing. Now, he's done a lot of acting, too, and he's done a lot of television. But as far as directing feature films, he did The Bear with Busey in 84. That's what I was talking about when he's done biopics. This is the reunion for them, though. Played Bear Bryant in 84. Right. I remember. But that, yeah. And then... This is their reunion with Eye of the Tiger, but and that was actually good. I actually enjoyed the bear. I thought it was yeah. I thought it was well done, but this is just <sighs> no bueno. Okay, now here's what's rad. He did Street Justice in '87. Mm -hmm. Yes, I've seen Street Justice. Okay, unfortunately. All right, three years after that, he did Solar Crisis. Now. This one was written, I think, with his, his brother had written this. And it's Tim Matheson and Charlton Heston, Peter Boyle. It's got some big people in it. 
the motherfucker had the balls to Alan Smithy this movie. What? Yes. He Alan Smithied this movie. <laughs> he what? That's hilarious. But you didn't Alan Smithy Eye of the Tiger, dude? <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. <laughs> like, I mean, wow. I know. Wow is right. Crazy. One, well, but here's the thing. The Serifian has done like a ton of TV. He did Convoy, Wild Wild West. I mean, you name it. Just he did a ton of it. He even did that. Um, they were trying to bring Zorro back in 1990. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and it ended up being an unaired pilot. And then they, I saw snippets of it when they put out the Antonio Banderas Zorro feature, and they were, right. I, I saw um, like a featurette on it. and They were talking about the the lore in history and film cinema of of Zorro. Quickly. Best Zorro movie ever. Zorro the Gay Blade. Yeah. George Hamilton is Zorro and his cousin. And his cousin. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about a movie doesn't hold up. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I haven't seen it since I was like 12. <laughs> well, it's a great... I saw there's a double a double feature at the walk-in, that and Love at First Bite. Yeah. I'm, I, I, I'm going to guess neither one of them hold up at all now. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm going to say I don't drink vine and I don't smoke shit. We'll always fucking have a place in my heart, as will Susan St. James. Yeah. And she's, I mean, I, the, the ending is so great at the end when they're yeah, flying. Away. That movie rules, dude. Yeah. Oh, no, I love it. Johnson is Renfield. Come oh, on. yeah. Anyway, so there you go. I the, the Tiger. I the Tiger. Dream of the Fight. March Madness. You know, they did not rise up to the challenge of their rivals. That's, that's no. where this movie has failed. I, by the way, what's really funny at the beginning of the movie when they're playing the song, they edit the, the, the music in such a way that you get, you get the right. verses done in a certain way where it makes it, it's very confusing. It's not because we've heard the song a million times, no, but it, just, you're like, wait a second. The song itself tells a story and then they change the order where the first verse comes second and vice versa. And it's very confusing. Yeah. The good thing is this. It, we knew, we were hoping anyway, this was going to be a good setup for the movies going forward. And as you heard just in this episode, well, we didn't say what it was intentionally. We've already decided right here what the next movie is going to be. Yeah. And it's super exciting because it's the third movie in a franchise. And that, mm -hmm. and I haven't seen any of the other two. No, me <laughs> It's going to be, it's like, we're going in blind. March Madness! This is what we were hoping for. And so, and I have to think that this next movie is going to be exactly what we knew it was going to be. We're going to get to, oh. we're going to get to this episode and then three, four, and five, we're going to get to five and you're going to go, wait, you started with Eye of the Tiger and you got to this? Right. Already it's off the chain. <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, yeah. I mean, I have no idea where it's going. <laughs> oh boy anyway so if you want to follow the show on the twitters or on any of the platforms it's at karate pod twitter insta letterbox and uh, letterboxing for Corey is Corey underscore culp and insta is culprit 97 if you like to follow me you can follow me at rock and roll 33 on your instagram or at eye of the tiger on letterbox that's eye of the tiger aka eddie matthews at letterbox.com. Buck. Buck.